consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, this is David Burns of Baseball Jobs Overseas, and this is the 76th episode of the International Baseball Community Podcast. Today I have Eric Brank on the podcast. Eric is a former Division I college player who took his game overseas through Baseball Jobs Overseas in 2014, uh, specifically in Germany. He's been there ever since, obtained his German passport through his German roots. His mother was uh, born to German, a German couple. Uh, and he's been playing with the national team ever since, most recently at the European Championships in 2019 with the chance to birth into the Olympic qualifier. There are a number of players playing around Europe who ha- hold dual citizenships. So if you think maybe you qualify for a passport in a European country, it's definitely worth looking into. So if you want to follow Eric or any of our other members, past or present, I want to invite you to follow us on our Instagram account at Baseball Jobs Overseas. So without further ado, here's the interview with Eric Brank. Our sponsors today for this podcast are Spark Bat. The website is sparkslugger.com, and they are now registered in Germany for 2020. And I used these bats last year uh, illegally in the Austrian League, and... Uh, yeah, they are great bats. Um, the, my favorite is the Tamil wood. It's very rare wood uh, out of Japan. Um, that's what Ichiro used. And sure, that comes with a bigger price tag, but they have a variety of different types of wood, inclu- including maple, bamboo, uh, and a lot of the common ones, uh, ash as well. Um, so spark bat, spark slugger, check it out. Um, you could email me or contact me, message me. Uh, and I'll help you get a discount. So just let me know, or we'll get you a quote on some bats. Our other sponsor for today is uh, Lorandi Custom Gloves. Lou Lorandi is one of those guys, when I met him, I just, right away, I knew he's a genuine, honest person. That's the type of people I like to work with. And so it was a no-brainer to align with him. And uh, so he is a sponsor of this podcast, and he also provides top leather baseball gloves at half the price of the big brand names so if you want a custom glove but you want to save a few bucks let me know i'll introduce you to lou or look him up on facebook you can contact him there he has an instagram account lou Lorandi custom gloves all right let's get on with this podcast episode with eric brank we're going to jump right in he's going to bring us back uh, to 2014 when he first took his game overseas i guess my senior year of college i knew that i wanted to keep Keep playing baseball. And also, had the feeling or the yeah, just more or less knew that I wasn't going to get drafted. Um, had some things happen, injuries and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, started. I think one of my coaches in college just mentioned the fact, the the opportunity of playing in Europe. Sort of, yeah, not like as a concrete thing, but just. You know, mentioned that, that you know there could be an opportunity, and that, that there are opportunities for guys um, of European roots or um, close European heritage. That you can get a dual citizenship that you know, it makes it easier because of the the uh, import rules. Yeah. So uh, before you even came to Europe, that that was already a thought um, that mm-hmm. you were 
you potentially qualify for EU passport or, or you yeah, knew, or you knew was, you could. Oh, I, you're right. My, my, my grandparents um, both <clears throat> born and raised in Germany. Yeah. Um, so I, I have that, that close, that close heritage, I guess. And then, um, yeah, I had, I had the thought of getting a dual citizenship and, um, had started doing my research and, and I knew it was going to be a process, which it was. Yeah. Um, but so that yeah, the, my, that was kind of the, the the like the forethought, and then my first my first season in Germany, I, I still played as an import. Yeah, because um, I, I found a team the back home with Hornets that had a had an open import slot, and um, I was working the whole time getting my dual citizenship. But basically, a right after I finished my my senior year of college, I had already you know closed the deal and. Had had contact with them so two or three days after my my last college baseball game, I flew out to flew out to Germany. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It, and you had signed up for the website at that time. I don't know if, if the website played a role in meeting with Bad Holmberg, but I know um, you originally didn't have that EU passport. And right. Nothing against Bad Holmberg, but they were kind of one of the bottom teams in Germany. And then uh, you went and got this EU passport. And I'm sure like that changed everything. Then suddenly you're in high demand, <laughs> you know, like, or more high demand. I mean, there's competitive. There's a lot of guys looking to play overseas. Um, so, so that's part of it too. And uh, so, yeah, just to, and to review the story is basically you were playing, you finished that season. I think that was 2015. Is that right? Or 14? 14. 14. 14. So yeah, before my, actually I don't remember. Before my senior year of college started, I think I signed up for the website and I started just sending out emails. Yeah, kind of feeling around. Yeah. Um, so then you you finished the season off and then flew home and then flew right back because you had to go home and finish off the the, the visa process or, or sorry the EU passport yeah. process. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, twenty fourteen, I, I flew home um, right after, right after our season ended, and then. Went to yeah, went to Atlanta. That was the closest German uh, consulate to Charlotte, where I'm from. Um, and then basically went down there, had my appointment that I had made already a few months in advance. And yeah, got the passport that day. You know, brought my documents with. Showed you know basically I am who I said I was, and had my birth certificates and you know. Uh, immigration documents and stuff for my grandparents and um, got, got a passport that, that same day. So you, yeah. you had done all the legwork ahead of time, you had you got all the documents, you, you've been yeah. on the phone back and forth with the consulate and, and just exactly. gathering all that information so you knew I, I'm just a little surprised I remember it was quick, right? So I thought maybe you just showed up there and said here's, you know, <laughs> and here's my grandparents birth certificate and you managed to get yeah. that day so you had done a lot of work leading up to that Yeah, it, yeah exactly, I had phoned back and forth with the consulate, with somebody working at that specific consulate yeah. um, and of course I obviously with my parents with um, even with another guy that was playing in Germany for high time that had done the same thing, Blue Summer yeah. and he yeah. told me exactly what he did so I kind of knew ahead of time what I needed, and then basically showed up at, to my appointment prepared with everything. Um, they already knew that I was coming and what I was coming for. And I heard, like in Italy, for example, if you come to Italy, you can get it done in Italy somehow. Or I don't know. It's all here to say. I don't know for sure. Yeah, Italy, Israel, um, you know, there are a lot of 
a lot of rumors that fly around, but in, in Germany, um, things usually work according to the, to the rule. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, all about uh, that. Austria's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to compare Austria to Germany too much and make all my friends mad, but um, <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing here. They're by the book. Yeah. So, um, all right, cool. So, basically, from beginning to end, how like how long did that process take in terms of okay I'm gonna I'm gonna apply for my EU passport or my German passport and you know you start start looking into it and doing you know right from that first day to the day it was in your hand. Mm. I mean, I, if I started before my senior year of college, then I guess nine months or so. But um, you know, by the time that I made the appointment. I would have made the appointment when I was still in, in Germany, so two or three months, yeah. maybe two months maybe. So as long as you get all the paperwork done and everything, uh, make the appointment, probably, um, it, it, it's a pretty, it's not, it doesn't take too long, because I've heard, of, I heard of a guy recently, it's going to take him three years, he was told, to get his German passport. I guess it yeah. depends on how many are in the funnel at the time or whatever, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are the, maybe the bullet points of, what do you, what are like, is there like a short list of things that you need to have in order to qualify or like, uh, yeah, um, you, you have to be born to a German citizen. Okay. So my mom is technically still a German citizen because even though she's never held a German passport, her parents were German citizens at the time that she was born. And she was born in Germany. She was born in the U.S. She was born in the U.S. Huh. Yeah. Okay, but her parents were German citizens. Exactly, her parents, my grandparents, yeah. were from from Germany in the in the sixties. Yeah. They yeah. became U.S. citizens um, right around two thousand. So at the time that she was born, they were still German citizens, and she's never done anything to revoke her German citizenship. So she's technically still a German citizen, and then by by rule, and so am I. So it technically could go in another generation if they all kept their citizenship. Could, yeah, I think, I think they've changed the rules so that it. Um, I think it can only go if, if um, my kids, for example, weren't born in Germany. I think they would still hold German citizenship, but then the next generation would, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it can also only go go back so far. Like it can only go back. I think before, um, like nineteen. 15 or something like that, so we looked it up. Okay. Well, that's, that's not bad, though. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a couple generations ago, so, so pretty close. So, yeah. so potentially a lot of guys qualify for a German passport. Like, how many, for example, on the German national teams, how many how many guys are dual citizen guys? Like, there's oh. you and um, Grigsby, I believe. Yeah. Okay, Grigsby, uh, Luke Summer, um, there's Maurice Wilhelm, but he his mom was born and raised in Germany, so he was, he, he had had his passport since he was born. Okay. You know, he grew, he grew up in California. Okay. Um, and then I mean that's that's really it as far as guys that were they grew up in the U.S. Yeah. We'll get more uh, into, into American that. American uh, heritage, but you know, most of them grew up in Germany. That sounds good. There's a little bit of a delay, so if I interrupt you, that's why. Um, <laughs> It uh, yeah, we'll get into the baseball side of things and which teams are pure natural homegrown talent and which ones are all uh, maybe 
from 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 one through nine all uh, dual. But uh, so now you've you're settled in Germany and you're living there year round. And how long have you been there year round now? Uh, I've been close to five years. Wow! It's gonna be my I mean I just played my fifth season, but I came in twenty fifteen. So I'm about four and a half years now. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be five years. So what made you make the decision to move to Germany permanently? Or not necessarily permanently, but year-round yeah. for, for an extended period of time? Yeah, I mean, baseball made it easier because we have training. and um, you know, I'm, I'm here with guys. And I have you know, close to the friends and everything. Yeah. Um, I still play those imports that, you know, that we've had since 2014 or 2015. Um, and then I also knew that I wanted to do something outside of baseball here, living in, in Bonn. You're, you're really close to Cologne, and you have uh, a lot of opportunities there. So I studied in Cologne. I was working um, also at a company in, in Cologne in, in the area. And uh, you know, I, was, I had the opportunity after I finished studying to start, I guess, to use, use that to um, yeah. find a job for an international company here. And uh, I've been able to, I guess, combine that with, with baseball pretty well. So, so I just wanted to like, keep doing that. And so it was more of a, uh, a baseball um, influence or the main reason you wanted to stay in Germany is to continue playing baseball, not necessarily more opportunity there than back home career-wise. Or Yeah, yeah. I mean, both, I guess, because uh, I think I, I can have a huge opportunity career-wise here getting experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the baseball opportunity, as, I guess, as, as funny as that sounds, is, is a little bit better here if you want to do that. Like if, if you want to work and play at the same time. Um, because, I mean, they have obviously like adult leagues and stuff in, in the U.S. And a lot of them are, are really good. But I feel like here I can still play at the, the level where I'm playing against you know, pro, ball, pro ball players and guys who played in college and I've uh, played against a number of um, major leaguers, ex-major leaguers, you know, yeah. uh, play with the national team and stuff like that, and um, that kind of opportunity I just wouldn't have in the U.S. It's a little more glorified than a, a, a men's league. But like you yeah. said, there are former yeah. college guys in men's leagues and pro guys in men's leagues. There's some good men's leagues. But in this situation, like they treat it like a, a professional league, like a professional organization. They're doing a lot of the marketing activities, drawing fans out. And then, of course, there's the national team as well. So we'll get into that. I want to, to stick with a little bit more about just living in Germany and, and your experience. And then we'll get into the baseball side of things. Um, so how fast did you pick up the German language? Like you, you were pretty immersed in, in it, it sounds like, because you had to study in Germany or study in German, I'm assuming. Uh, I should study in English. Okay. I was at the Cologne Business School, which is a small private school yeah. in Cologne, and a lot of international people, and the, the whole the whole program was in English. I, I had like a like a um, foreign language. Everybody had to take foreign language. Yeah. So yeah. I took I guess German as a foreign language there, um, but I had already got my German to, to a pretty decent level, so I was able to to qualify for a high level class. Yeah. So did you like you're from right from the when you hit the ground in Germany in Bad Homburg, were you like working on your German immediately, or had you already had some German 
from from prior to that? Very, very little bit. Yeah, you know, I grew up really close to my grandparents, and they, they still speak German at home. Yeah. And, but I, I never really spoken it. Okay. I guess I really started trying to speak once I got to Bad Homburg. Yeah. Um, so I, I did pretty much start from from you know, square one, I guess you could say. But at the same time, you know, I, I had the motivation to, to learn because of you know, because, of me, because of my family. And um, once I, once I got the German passport, that that really uh, I guess helped me turn the corner. Because um, I thought it was almost like kind of like weird or maybe embarrassing if I if I had a German passport and could speak any German. You know, so <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was a little bit of a, I guess a motivating factor for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 always embarrassed when people ask me how long I've been here, <laughs> and then they kind of think about how yeah my German's not good. So I'll admit that. But it's well, you're sure it's different. Yeah, well, that's part of the. That's one of my excuses. The other excuse is I work in English or work. Uh, a lot of my time is in the English environment, or I'm at home. Yeah, doing this. yeah definitely. I mean, I, I, for me, also working in German was was something that I wanted to to do because then I have an advantage because I'm a native English speaker working for international companies, and, yeah. and a lot of companies need people that that you know, can can interface with the headquarters or something like that. So. Huge, huge advantage here being a native English speaker. Like there's, there's endless opportunities really. So, um, uh, but you need that German too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the office, it's, it's all, it's all German. So yeah, I do, I do a lot of translating, writing emails and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Cool. So now you're pretty much fluent at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, have, I speak more, more German on an everyday basis. Than yeah. I yeah. yeah, I'm jealous in that respect because I never get to use it. Yeah, you have to practice, you know, it's just like anything. So. Yeah, for sure. And so I'll speak, I'll start speaking German to my kids and they'll tell me to shut up because they're, they, they hate my German, right? So <laughs> they'll speak back to me in English. So, yeah, so yeah. I'm really, uh, no matter what I do, I'm, I'm kind of backed into an English corner here. But, but anyway, there's no excuse. I could, I, I got on the, the Duolingo and everything and I was really on a roll there. My German was getting better again and then, you just fell out of it. You know how it goes, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I really had to force it at first. I would say that I, I, yeah. I really had to um, force people to speak German with me because they, they would hear my accent and then they would just want to switch to English. Because I mean, they were trying to be helpful or they would want to work on their English. Yeah. Um. So I was, you know, I, I would kind of get a, a little bit frustrated because I'm like, you know, I'm trying to speak German, but you know, get, you know, at least entertain me, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I had to but eventually, you know, you get to the point where they, they notice that you speak German, they can speak German back to you. I'm I'm looking forward to that day when they when they notice that my German is good and they speak German back to me because now I just continue to speak German to them and they speak English back to me. Uh, that's the only way to do it. So I, I try to just continue speaking German until it gets to a point where it's inconvenient. But uh, I still don't like picking up the phone and trying to talk to you know, uh, a company representative on the other end and try to explain myself. And it, it gets a little, yeah, sometimes I just, they just speak in, of course, the Austrian dialect, because um, mm-hmm. the formal German that I did, did learn was all Hochdeutsch. And yeah. so if I listen to you speak German, I'll understand you um, much better than any any of my teammates in Austria here. And, and that, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty difficult, but... And it's, it's a little different depending on where you come from. The accent varies and the dialect varies. And, well, and even, even within Austria or or even neighboring Switzerland, 
they don't understand each other. Like even within Austria, like the Trollans and, and the upper Austrians have trouble understanding each other unless they, so they both speak Hochdeutsch to each other because they don't understand yeah. their own dialects. So it's, it's pretty funny and it's such a small country. Like it's, um, so yeah, I guess obviously you have, um, people come visit sometimes and whatnot. Do you have any, recommendations or what's your kind of go-to recommendations to people coming to visit that you want to um, give them some advice on where to go eat or drink or sightsee in the Cologne Bonn area? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, in the Cologne Bonn area, the, the uh, cathedral in Cologne is um, kind of breathtaking. You'll see it. I mean, I, I see it almost you know, on a regular basis now, so it's kind of like everyday life but I mean that's obviously like the main thing to see in Cologne and there are tons of breweries they can go have, have a really good meal and then also like local beer and stuff like that uh, I mean I guess it's endless yeah, there yeah I mean, just, I mean, just, and just walking around because it's, it's really like a live live uh, area and stuff like that and right now the, the Christmas market just opened up this weekend so yeah, and that's obviously something that's, that's really cool and, and unique to, to Europe and or this part of Europe, I guess. Yeah, this time of year, like the Chris Kindle Mart here in Salzburg is is unbelievable. So yeah. anyone that's here during this time of the year, which is November, mid well late November right now, is just opened, and yeah, that's just it's uh there's yeah. always, that, that's that's one one thing I love about living here is there's always some event going on somewhere. Um, we always have festivities. Um, so we'll, maybe we'll move on to that side of things. Um, what, what do you enjoy the most about living in Germany? What are some of the things that maybe you, you weren't accustomed to in the U S or the U S doesn't do it that you feel like, okay, this is pretty cool here. And this is what I, I enjoyed about living in Germany. Yeah. I enjoy, um, living, I guess, like in an area where it's, it's easy, it's really easy to get around. Um, I, I do have a car here, but like I can, I don't live like right in the city, but I can be in the city in ten minutes if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't I mean walking or taking a tram or the bus or anything like that? Like it's, it's super easy to get around. Um, I can take the train to get to Cologne in less than thirty minutes. So it's yeah, um, yeah. You just kind of get like the, the vibe that everything's everything's really lively. Um, I have you know close friends here that. You know, I know from, from baseball, um, they're also doing some similar to me, working and playing. That's cool. Um, yeah, so we, we share some of our lifestyles like that, like similar interests. Um, That's cool. I, yeah, that was the number one thing I had on my list because I made my own little list <laughs> before I asked you. And public transport was number one, like in, in terms of just the, the difference, like then back home, like you you know, you go out to yeah. a pub back home and then you have to leave your car there and figure out how to get it in the morning and you got to take an expensive yeah. taxi ride home. and um, Or just the simple, like, I want to go, like, I can hop on a train living here in Austria. Uh, it's bordered by eight different countries and I can hop on a train in any direction and yeah. within four hours, sometimes less than an hour, I'm in a different country. Yeah. Um, so it's... Just the ease of travel is is the biggest thing that I enjoy here the most. It's just the yeah. public transport. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but also another point I wanted to make is how far in debt did you have to go with your studies in Germany? How much you owe like hundred thousand or? <laughs> no, no, not like that. No, it's, I mean, studying studying in Germany is actually if you study at a public university, it's free. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I mean, you pay like 300 bucks a semester for, and you get like a semester uh, travel ticket so you can travel anywhere in the, in the state for for free. I mean, you can try to take a train, bus, anything. Um, for it's free. Yes, really? For free. Yeah, if you can't, yeah, for I me, mean, that's your semester ticket. You just, normally it would cost like, like I don't know, 80 bucks a month or something like that. Um, for, for normal people, but for um, students, and you get that like 300, 300 euro uh, travel ticket for yeah. I mean, for half a year. So that's, that's a really good deal. And then um, I, I studied, I guess, at a private uni- university, so it's, um, I had to pay a little bit more, but it was like uh, 5,000 a semester or something like that. So still compared to the US standards for, for a master's degree. Um, Pretty pretty doable, man. Yeah. I got a small a small student loan, and, um, and yeah, I, I can live with that for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I can go down this road probably for an hour, um, just talking to somebody else that's kind of been going through what I have. But I wanted to keep the podcast interview within a half an hour, so maybe we'll we'll get together another time with that. But I, I want to move on to the baseball side of things. Um, so okay, most recent in Bond, you guys won a championship. In 2018, yep. And uh, so a lot of success in Bonn right now. A lot of hype in Bonn. Um, mm-hmm. Just hosted the European uh, April Championships as well. So mm-hmm. baseball seems to be, from the outsider's perspective, going quite well in Bonn. Yeah, definitely. So we have a lot of momentum. Um, my first two years here, we we lost in the semifinals. My third year, we lost in the finals to Heidenheim in, in five games after leading two to one, and then uh, twenty eighteen we, we won. Uh, so that was kind of like a breakthrough finally, and uh, yeah, we, we have a great club, um, a lot of support from from the from the board, from fans, from uh, people that help out, volunteer every week out of the games, you know, to make our to make our concession stand to run. So. Um, you know, make, get the field set up and everything because it's, like, it's like a big event and um, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to have a nice ballpark here and um, the European Championship was, was, was a great event to have people from all over Europe come and um, you know, watch four or five games a day like, that, was, that, was, that was really cool yeah. 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 weather wasn't the best for it but it looks like you had pretty decent turnouts I know for the championship yeah. you it looked like a packed house there yeah, yeah, the first weekend was um, pretty bad weather, which was a little bit discouraging, but the weather got better as the week went on, so um, it ended up being, being pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty awesome bench. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I guess you guys, your goal was higher than, than when you finished. It was a little bit disappointing. I know you had some, some close sure. games there that you fell a little short, Yeah. Um, <laughs> but all in all, it was um, it looked like a, a pretty you know, successful event, and yeah. but German baseball in general um, appears to be doing quite well. Um, what's your perspective on that? Like, do you, do you feel like since you've been there in the past five years, do you see it developing, um, developing rapidly, or would you say it's it's developing its upward trend, or do you think it's kind of been been uh, stagnant? Yeah, I'll say I'll say upward trend. Um, rapidly is. It's tough because when, when I came here, we were already like one of the one of the top um, national countries in, in baseball in Europe. Um, and then you have to try, also then try to fight to break through against basically Italy and the Netherlands. You know, it's just us and Czech Republic and 
brands and teams like that that are you know trying trying to get that breakthrough and um, you know we, we played a lot, a lot of really good games against those teams we played and also a lot of really good games against other teams um, you know we, I played against Japan against Cuba against um, yeah I mean like Nicaragua like a, a lot of national teams that we've, that we've either beaten or played uh, really good games with and you know, the more you play at that at that high level, then you, you get more used to it, and, and it you know you, you feel like you belong, and then it's just about you know getting that breakthrough so yeah. so win one of those tournaments. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest experience of, of your whole baseball adventure here. Coming is just playing on that national team, like yeah. like to, you know it's obviously. Um, that's that's not an opportunity that a lot of guys get to do. How does that feel putting on the German national team uniform in front of a packed house in Germany in, and in your hometown where it was hosted? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, when, I, when I put on the jersey and then I'm, you know, I'm playing with guys that uh, have been putting on the jersey their their entire career, maybe playing with the junior team and stuff like that, it's, it's incredible. Um, and that's something that you yeah, have to kind of appreciate at the beginning and respect. And um, you know, I, I just it's, uh, it's it's undescribable really, and especially playing and then you're at your home stadium in front of fans that, that know you and they watch you play every weekend. Hey Eric, we're approaching uh, the end of our time here today. Can you cap off this interview um, with some advice to listeners that might be considering playing in Germany or coaching in Germany for that matter? Or um, maybe considering looking into their European heritage to see if they qualify for dual citizenship. Yeah, so one last tip for guys uh, looking to uh, apply for an EU citizenship and uh, yeah, move their move their baseball career o- overseas to Europe, absolutely do it. Um, it's been worth every second, every bit of uh, work to you know, go to the immigration offices or to the, to the consulate to... Um, sending your documents, uh, especially if you're looking to continue your life outside of baseball in a, in a foreign country. Um, it's been a great ex- experience, and I can only recommend it. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to catch future episodes, uh, follow us on Instagram. It's probably the most convenient way these days. We're going to be making posts on Instagram when a new episode is out. Uh, or you can just go to the website uh, and click on the blog section. You can follow us there. As you can see from Eric's story, obtaining dual citizenship in Europe can be huge for you. Not only just doing what Eric does, presenting opportunities to study, to work, to play on national teams. Obviously, that's all awesome stuff. But even if it's just uh, within the domestic league, your stock raises tremendously because of the one, the import rules, um, limitations, I should say. For example, in Germany, if you have an EU passport in any other European country, you don't count as an import. Other leagues' rules will be slightly tweaked, like in Austria, for example. Uh, to be a pitcher in game one, you have to have an Austrian passport. That's not the same rule in Germany. As long as you have a European passport, you can pitch in any time, any game. Second, an EU passport, this is the big one, is it helps get around the visa complication. As you know, seasons are longer than three months, but you're only allowed to stay in Europe for three months on a tourist visa. Work visas are super difficult to get. So the European passport helps you to stay for the full season without 
having to apply for some other visa. So that makes that whole process a lot easier. So really, it is the golden ticket. So go to your local embassy uh, where you're living. If you're applying for a German passport, go to the local German embassy. Ask them some questions. See if you qualify. And if you think you do, start the application process now because it really is the golden ticket. And let us know. We can really help you. Um, and it'll bring in many more offers, better offers. Uh, it's a no-brainer if you can qualify. Anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. We'll catch you on episode number 77. And in the meantime, may the baseball gods be with you.